Welcome to Prioritising Yourself, the podcast. I'm your host, Jen Parker. This podcast is to educate, inspire and inform women about the importance of prioritising your self-care to improve your body, mind and soul. Each week we will talk all things that affect and influence big-hearted women in life and also all the polarising topics that affect women. This podcast is proudly sponsored by my one-on-one three-month coaching program that moves women from feeling overwhelmed and compromising their values to become the master communicators of their internal and external environments. Of prioritizing yourself. I'm Jen, your host, and today I'm so excited. We've got Athena from the Get Noticed Coach. Welcome, Athena. Hi, Jen. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here with you today. I'm so excited you have um, taken time out to have a chat to the listeners today. So before we sort of get um, deep in, you know, know more about you and your journey, I wanted to know what was one thing you did of prioritising yourself this morning? I'm a real big fan of um, eating well. So my, my biggest thing every day is waking up having a glass of uh, water with lemon in it. And not long after that, I will have celery juice. I'm a really big fan of the celery juice and I love um, eating lots of fruits and vegetables throughout my day. So for me, prioritising myself is all about keeping myself really healthy in terms of what I eat because I believe that that really helps the way we feel and the way we think as well. Yes, I love that. And for those who I haven't actually had celery juice, can you tell us, um, you know, what are the benefits of having celery juice just from your perspective? Wow, it's um, for me, I've just found to be honest, now I know we're all sort of been in lockdowns and what have you but there have been a couple of times my you know my little daughter come home from kinder um, with a sniffle um, and stayed home and I, I feel like celery juice has given me a little bit more of immunity boost I feel that I don't catch the little snotty colds anymore whereas uh, before I'd catch anything and everything that she'd come home with even if it was just a cough um, I find that um, it's it's really cleansing for the body and I really, really enjoy, I mean, I've always loved celery anyway, so having it in juice form, I just found it just feels really cleansing um, and I feel more alert when I have it in the mornings um, and it's not something that actually um, curbs your, uh, your hunger, um, but it's, it's sort of a really cleansing juice. I yeah. guess it's a detox kind of juice. But it's, yes. it's, I've, I've found a real difference in the way I feel. Some aches and pains that I used to get have disappeared. Now, I don't know if it's the celery juice, but I've found that since having it, certain I've noticed certain benefits to yes. it. And I think that is always taking a note is how, if something makes you feel good, then keep doing that. And it's also, yeah. you know, you how you've noticed the different changes within your family and it's working for you. So I love that. And obviously my big thing is, you know, prioritising yourself. So thank you yes. so much for sharing that. Thank you. Now for those who um, 
who are new to hearing you, um, can you please tell us a little bit about your business and how you actually help people? Yeah, sure. Um, well, I'm a career coach, career strategist for ambitious uh, mid-career professionals and leaders um, who want to land a public service career that they love, increase their income and somewhere where that can make a difference to the community. I think that's really important. I guess I help people, you know, nail their message in their resume key selection criteria and online profiles like LinkedIn. Um, so hiring managers can, you know, pick up their applications and call them in for interview or when they do get to an interview, um, they become the only choice for that job. Um, and I also help them get ahead in their career as well. So looking at ways to um, get themselves promoted in their role or in another role and not have to worry about, you know, ever being unemployed or um, worrying about where their next job's going to come from if there's an economic downturn. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, that's, and I think a lot of people, you know, it's such a scary time when you want more in your life and it usually starts with your career because you're in your Jobs for such a big amount of time, like you could be there for eight, nine hours a day, five days a week. And if you're not enjoying that type of activity, it can feel soul destroying. I think we've all been there where we've done activities within our job that feel like it may not be that it's not important work, but it's not in alignment to our values. So I I can hear so much passion and I I you know, have come sort of from that background of working sort of in government um, myself. So I can, you know, it can be tricky if you're wanting to sort of gain those entry levels. And I love how you're talking about doing the messaging and looking at the selection criteria, because a lot of the time people can get into that mindset of feeling like, I don't know how to do this, because you know, well, obviously the workplace probably isn't going to teach you those amazing skills to gain those entry, those levels that you're you're really wanting to do. So I think that's great that you're able to support women to, you know, help with the messaging, help with those selection criteria so they can actually start living to their values. I love that. So thank you so much. And um, do you want to share a little bit about your journey like why did you become so passionate about helping women in their careers in particular um, in the public service particularly it was really it all um, started when um, my application for flexible work working from home this is pre-covid by the way so now nowadays we're all allowed to work from home but at the time even though working from home was um, a pol something you could apply for it wasn't a, um, it was a right to request it, but it wasn't a right to have it. Um, it was really all dependent on your manager um, seeing the value of that and, and making sure that, you know, it was going to work before they would um, accept your application. And my application was rejected um, the first time I requested it. The second time I requested it, I think they did it because they felt they had to, and that was because they were going to potentially offer it to somebody else. It was 
it was a situation where I was I was in a department that was very male dominated. So it was a capital works area, it was infrastructure, all engineers and very male dominated. And so therefore my manager and all of the higher level people, so the project managers, the directors, even the CEO were all males. So none of them really understood or wanted to allow um, you know, or didn't understand the value of keeping as many women in work in those departments. Um, and so my application, you know, uh, for going part-time or for working from home, all those things were rejected. And it wasn't just me, it was other women in the department as well were told no, flat no. Uh, you know, we had one woman who wanted to sort of scale down working so she was at the point of where she was probably going to retire in five years and ask for part-time and they said no you know another young mom asked for part-time and they said no um, and so I guess my values because they had changed my values were very family focused and focused around my children and being there for my kids so because my values changed I no longer felt aligned to that organization or the role that I was doing um, and as a result, I knew that if I wasn't aligned to that role anymore, even if I'd done it, even if I'd made myself do it, I would not have given 100% in that job. And that's to the detriment, not just of myself or the employer, but the people I'm actually serving at the end who were the public. And really, we need to have the right people in there who really wanna be there, who wanna make a difference to the community, who are actually gonna serve the public. Because I know there's a lot of people out there who have gone through some sort of process with the government and there's all this red tape and somebody on the other end of the phone they feel doesn't care. And if you're that person and you don't really wanna be there, you really shouldn't be there. It's so much better for you and for everyone around you if you are actually in a role that you're aligned to, you're less stressed, you're happier, you're healthier, you wanna help the customer. Um, and that's what I wanna see in the public service. I wanna see more of that. And I recognize that in myself and realize that, you know what, maybe it is my time to go, but that I can affect change in other ways by getting the right people in there and seeing more diversity so that women or L GBTQI people or our um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people can be in leadership positions that not only you know, men could be in these positions, but we also have to have workplaces that support these groups by giving them the flexibility that they want in order to get those leadership positions. So I think with pre-COVID, there was sort of that mindset that you can't have that flexibility or flexibility were the hours that you were already um, working to. You are already part time and that in their eyes was flexibility. And I think if anything, COVID has given us an opportunity of more flexible arrangements if you want that and that working in an office for eight hours may not be supporting someone in their you know their body mind and health and it may not also because in terms of productivity you've probably got a couple of hours each day that you're going to be at your best and how are the environments actually supporting that so I love how you were talking about 
you know, bringing people from all, you know, walks across, you know, different backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, and really giving them a sense of empowerment of the tools that they need to actually create change in those different positions within the government so that they might be sort of at the grassroots level because there's so much power in there because you're dealing with people and people start, that's when things start happening, right? But it's also, you know, the, the actual working from the leadership role. So I love how you're supporting people and because you've got, you've, you've worked in the government, you have an understanding of the lay of the land, so to speak. Mm, and understanding definitely. that when you have actually experienced um, the culture, because even though, for example, you, you know, you're, you're, you're down in Victoria and I'm yes. here in Queensland, there are still, you know, systems in place when you're working in different government departments. And yeah. sometimes, yeah, you, you know, that sort of perceived red tape or you know you can't do all you know so it's I, I can I very much can sort of understand there so yeah thank you so much for sharing about that I want to hear about how you know your um because I'm really hearing so much about that empowering you know leaderships and looking at things from a different perspective as you know a career coach so how in sort of the work that you actually provide um, to your different clients, what are some of the things that you are working with them that starts helping them um, not just land a job, but actually have the tools of actually knowing how to communicate in those contexts? I always start with my clients where possible with getting clear about what they actually want. I find that, and, and this goes back to when you were even talking about their key selection criteria. And what I find is those that have a really, really hard time articulating themselves, uh, whether it's uh, talking about themselves in, in public, whether it's networking or through their documents, through their resume or key selection criteria, I find those that find it easier are those who are clearer about what they want and what they're seeking in their career. What I, what I don't tend to like seeing is when people are applying for a job for the sake of applying for a job. So applying for a public service role because you think it's the right thing to do or you think it's going to be a great job. Um, and only thinking about yourself. It's about being clear about how you feel you can provide the best outcome to the community because essentially that's what they want to know. Yes, they want to know what your skills and experience are and how that will fit in the role, but they also, I guess they're always looking at your character, your behaviours, your values. Do they align with them? Um, and being clear about what you want and why you want it means when you are sitting down to write those documents or where you are going to an interview, you will be a lot more passionate and energised and you will find it so much easier to do it. Um, I find those that struggle with that struggle to articulate what they want and they struggle um, you know, with confidence too. Confidence is a big thing um, and when you don't have it, it doesn't come across in your energy. 
Um, even when you're writing that document, I find that when you've, you, you know, you've got that energy and you're really happy about wanting to apply for a particular position, I believe it shows even in the way that you write a document. Um, so it's really important for me to help people to extract why they really want the role and what they really can give in that particular role because that's what they're looking for. They're looking for the outcome, the result of what you're able to produce for them that perhaps you might have done before. And that's what they're looking for, repetitive patterns and, and, and how you've done perhaps done this before. And this is what they're looking for in your application documents and to confirm it when you go to an interview as well. Mm. I love how, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I love how you were talking about you know, if people, if, if people don't have the confidence, they've lost that ability to see their own magic or, and mm. actually having been able to articulate, it doesn't come off obviously as confidence. And when you were saying, you know, it, people can really read through if someone's quite passionate yeah. through their, you know, through their Absolutely. CV and, you know, I can really relate to the whole energy because people, you know, depending on where people are in their journey, but energy, you know, how do people feel in someone's energy and how you're basically selling yourself? Because it's really doing all of this is selling yourself. And when people have no confidence, that could be a real fear, couldn't it? It is absolutely. And it's, I've had people who have come to me who are petrified and terrified of an interview for example and literally I'll ask a question and they'll give me a not even a one sentence answer but what happens when you work with somebody on their you know why they want this role what they can actually do and you actually show them hey actually you can do this role that you know you have the skills to do this role in fact I've said to some people who have applied for a lesser role I've said well why aren't you going for the senior position because often there's there's two slightly different roles and I'm like you can actually do that and people often downplay um, their skills and experience because they haven't got the confidence to do that and you know I'll go through that process with them to identify what they want what they're good at we'll look at you know what they can really do. And I find as they start getting confidence to talk about what they can actually do, um, by the time they get to the end, um, it's like I'm talking to a different person. Um, and I absolutely love being the person that can do that for them. That lights me up. That's my passion. And I really believe that when you're working to your passion, you can hear it in someone's voice. Um, and if you can't hear it in your voice, in your in your documents, or in the interview, that the person at the other end isn't sure if you can help them. You've got to give them certainty that you can do what you can do, and you can only do that with being confident, you know, in yourself. And um, yeah, I find that that's you know, confidence is really big factor in whether you can apply for or land. Um, that role that you're looking for mm. yeah confidence is huge isn't it especially yeah. going for job interviews I remember going for a job interview for the federal government uh, many years ago 
And it was so intimidating because it was for the defence. And just doing the selection criteria was almost like going back to university. There was so (laughs) much involved. But when I got the opportunity of the interview, I thought, oh, my gosh, I've done it. I've already Mm. got this far. And so in my mind, that was sort of already sort of a win. But I remember going to that interview and there were like four or five people. Yeah, it's scary. (laughs) I even had someone sort of picking, you know, I had an escort taking me through. And I remember because, you you know, a lot of those interviews, you get sort of um, 20 minutes perusal time to look at the questions. And I think that sort of helps formulate a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's such a different, um, I think, I think it's how I sort of look at confidence. It's, it's really being comfortable in your own skin and that knowing with every part of you that what you have to offer is really amazing and is important. And if they, they can't see that they're the ones who are missing out, not you, because when you say no to to an opportunity that isn't an alignment what happens you get something far more abundant and amazing happening yeah, yeah. absolutely totally yeah. agree and yeah. confidence is a big thing just you know even in life um you know it doesn't have to be just your career it can be business or your life mm. your personal relationships everything it really does affect everything career is obviously a big part of that because we like you said earlier, you know, we do spend eight hours or some people more at, you know, their their job or their work. And, you know, if you're not loving it, if you're not passionate about it, it really does affect other areas of your life. Mm, that's so true. Yeah, absolutely agree. So um, for um, just so we have a bit more of an idea about, you know, you've sort of spoken about, you know, you know, when people come to see you, some of the um, activities that you're actually helping them with, not just like the messaging and really getting clear, the confidence, really understanding that, what would you give someone who is looking to change their career and they're wanting to say, work in the government um, for a position that they may have not got the, um, they may have not even thought about, but they, they really have always wanted to do it. Do you have any sort of tips or tricks for people who are wanting to sort of expand their career horizons? More often than not, um, people do have a set of skills that are transferable into other industries. Um, And usually, um, I think it depends on, you know, the job itself. Um, It may require qualification particularly in the government and particularly if it's an essential criteria, then you may have to go down that path. But with many roles, if what if you're only changing industry, so going from the private sector to the public sector, you might say, for example, be a marketing professional, but you don't want to work in the private sector anymore. You want to work in the public sector. Now, the public sector will have hundreds of different marketing jobs, for example, and in different departments. So your subject matter will be completely different in every department. So you may not be able to, you know, you might not have worked in defence before, but you're a marketing professional. So looking at the skills that you can transfer 
um, is really, really important. Um, transferable skills tend to be more around your soft skills, so around, say, project management or leadership, those types of skills and how you've developed them in previous roles and how you can mould those into new roles. So you can look at, um, in terms of career transition, you can start looking at, you know, what your skills are, what you like doing, um, you know, what those transferable skills actually are um, and looking at, then start looking at different roles that you would actually fit into. So there is a little bit of process around that um, that we go through um, because more often than not, the, the role that you may have had before, which might be, um, you know, marketing officer or marketing manager might be slightly different, um, differently titled in the public service. And I, I believe sometimes that can be a barrier for people as well, because sometimes the title might not match what you're used to seeing in the um, private sector. And so often people think they can't go for a role because they actually um, have never seen that title or it's a little bit different. And they'll think, oh, I don't know if I can do that. Um, and that's, I guess, where someone like myself comes in because I look at it from a completely different point of view and having been there before, will have an understanding of the different types of roles that they offer and the types of transferable skills they're really looking for because often they'll ask a question um, or they'll, they'll give a, a selection criterion uh, in the uh, job ad and it seems really complicated like the question will be really complicated. And, um, and often it's understanding what they're really looking for um, is the issue. Most people don't actually understand the underlying, what they really want, what sort of person they're looking for when they're asking that question um, or when they're trying to find out about whether you can do a particular skill. So, it's really important if you're not sure to get that perspective from another person because you could be missing out on opportunities you're actually very well qualified for um, and missing out on that, you know, having that security flexibility and, you know, all those wonderful perks that you do get from the public service, you know, even professional development and growing your career, you can grow your career. Um, just being in government, you can, you know, go from, you know, doing an admin role all the way through to a CEO role one day you know there's no limit um, there there's so many different roles different departments uh, it's one of the biggest employers you will ever you know have the opportunity to you know get into so it's just a matter of if you want to transition over you need to figure out what what you actually are good at what you can do and which transferable skills um, will be relevant to a role that you can get into mm. yes I think it's just understanding, yeah, those skills that you can transfer and also those selection criteria in the job description that they're asking. It does come across as really complicated, but if you're finding it difficult, that's where, you know, hiring someone like yourself could be so beneficial. So this might segue perfectly. So for people going, oh my gosh, I really, really want to, I want to apply for all these positions, but I don't have the, um, the knowledge or the expertise how to do that how can people find you Athena 
They can find me um, in a couple of ways. Uh, the first way is my website, so www.thegetnoticecoach.com, or they can find me um, on Facebook, uh, www.facebook.com backslash thegetnoticecoach. Um, and yeah, get in touch with me via either of those mediums. You can send me a message or DM me anytime. Oh, beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on today to the um, episode to really um, inspire our listeners who want to create change within their career and understanding that it is possible and that, you know, really understanding, you know, some of those skills we could be actually downplaying in ourselves because we don't have the confidence. And sometimes when we come from, not feeling very confident in ourselves because we have this fear of being judged or fear of failure, it can really hinder us. So it's so amazing that there are people like you, Athena, who are helping women and people across all different uh, spectrums of life and backgrounds. And I think that is so important that if we're wanting to create change within our world, we need people not just from sort of Anglo-Saxon, we need people from all walks of life, especially, you know, yeah. So I think that is, you know, so important. So I love how you have such an emphasis on doing that for people. So thank you so much. And um, I've really enjoyed speaking with you today. So it's been absolutely amazing and giving our listeners some sort of insight and some understanding that's been absolutely beautiful. So Thank you so much. Thanks, Jen. Thanks for having me and thank you.